Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. You're getting kicked in the Uno. What's yesterday? What will Friday bring? Got a couple of hours to speculate on that uh, here. Uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you as we will talk some sports. A lot of college football uh, in the offering in the program today. We're going to start things off with Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. He was part of the Zoom yesterday as well. And uh, we had Dave Sproul and grateful to have him yesterday as soon as they uh, got uh, got finished with uh, Campbell and Purdy. Dave Sproul from 1430 Names jumped on with us. Uh, but now we've been able to digest some of the stuff on our own rights. And uh, maybe some other stuff will come up for Ben Visser uh, from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. He covers Iowa State. He'll join us at 1025. What uh, will the Big 12 do for now? Uh, they're uh, holding tight. Uh, 1045. Yesterday we didn't get into our Roshan a team of the days we rewind at least a one or two teams every week some of the more uh, special teams uh, that played um, in the state of Iowa we're going to talk about the 2009 Orange Bowl winning love it or leave it Iowa football program uh, at 1045 Pete Futek on college football uh, will join us Pete foot uh, Pete football <laughs> could be Pete football right hopefully yeah, hopefully as well. Uh, collegefootballnews.com is where you can find Pete. He'll join us uh, at 11 o'clock. And then Tom Cakert uh, from HawkeyeReport.com at 11.25-ish. Well, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so we leave yesterday. Uh-huh. We heard the rumblings of a 10-game schedule. Mm-hmm. The possibility. And then it becomes official. It did. You know, it's one, one of the things that stuck out to me is... Uh, uh, the commissioner, Warren, on a teleconference with other commissioners, <laughs> didn't mention a thing. Right. You know, didn't say a word and then hung up the phone or whatever they do uh, and uh, and put the announcement out. There's no czar in college football, Trent. There is not. And it's becoming very apparent what Dan Gavitt is to... Uh, to college basketball. There is no such person in in, in football and... I don't know, just one voice is needed, I think, at this time, right? Or, you know, one voice to announce the collective decisions. But, man, oh, man, the chain reaction that the Big Ten's announcement made. And I'm not saying they did the wrong thing. I think they did the right thing. Uh, But, you know, everybody could have been looped in, I would have liked to think. You know, the question that I've received from a lot of people talking to people yesterday and this morning is why. Why is this coming? And to your point, there isn't a president, there isn't a commissioner, there isn't a czar, there isn't somebody at the top that's going to hand down the way this is going to be done. Because of that, the NCAA has no power, and their power Mm -hmm. in college football is even less than it is in every other sport. College football... ESPN runs college football. 
the NCAA does not hand out a national championship at the FBS level. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's still so many people that don't understand that. The national championship is handed out by this collection of conferences. That is how it's done, and that's where the money is filtered in. The NCAA, $475 million every year is split in the college football playoff. And a majority of that 475 comes to the five major conferences. I think it was $360 million of the 475 roughly. So well, we're, we're talking about upwards yeah. of 75%. Trent, you know right what? There. Uh, if there's a silver lining, and since you went, to, you started us down the college football playoff path, mm-hmm. I'll use baseball for an example. Baseball is 60 games. Yeah. Uh, new rules. Uh, designated hitter in both leagues. And once we get through this, meaning the pandemic, the, the designated hitter is not going away. Right. Might this season bring us quicker to a expanded college football playoff as colleges try and recoup some of the money that they're going to lose, without a doubt going to lose, and they will, uh, because of the games being canceled, etc. But, but might this be the impetus for... Because as it stands right now, there will be no expansion of the college football playoff until 2025. That's the soonest that they can get this done. 2025. So might these circumstances that we're in, it's not going to be a 10 game, it's not going to be a 12 game schedule. It's going to be convoluted in some ways. Might this be the kickstart of, you know, going to eight, going to 12, crowning a true champion? Because some conferences may only get nine games. Some may only get eight. We don't know what part of the country is going to be hit harder. Could be four. Sadly. Right. But if you expand the playoffs, look, there's always going to be an asterisk on the 2020 season in every sport. Mm-hmm. There just is. Yeah. But do you get my point? If if this was, if this is the year to do something, and and there was no there was no movement to push the 2025 date up any earlier, mm-hmm. but this might be this might be as good a reason as any to you know get the ball rolling towards you know if it's eight if it's twelve it's more money. Again, the college football playoff brings 475 million for those three games. The argument and the way that you buoy up your conference, you're able to do it because we beat this team from the ACC, we beat this team for the Pac-12, this is what the teams did in the non-conference. Without non-conference games, you're not going to have those arguments. So mm-hmm. it's just going to come down to, you know what, our 11-2 and champion is better than your 11-2 and champion. Right. Do you really know? Or your you nine and two conference champion yeah. is better than our nine. Or your seven and two, right? Whatever it may be, to do that, absolutely. Remember, speaking of baseball. Before they basically didn't come to a deal and they just took what they talked about in March and, and played it out here, they were talking about expanding the playoffs uh-huh. and having upwards of 16 teams right. getting in because they had to go with the original agreement and what was on place when they went through this in March. But that's what they wanted to do because where does the money come from? It comes from TV. Mm-hmm. You don't think ESPN would be tripping mm-hmm. over themselves mm-hmm. to televise an extra. Yeah. Instead of three games, you get in a 14 playoff, right. you get. 15 games in a 16-team bracket or 11 games mm-hmm. in a 12-team bracket, whatever it may be, there's And a no true doubt. champion. Too, and a true right. champion and a way to right. not get the argument. Yeah. The five conferences, you put in one of the teams from a lower division at the very least, and maybe more than that if you go 16. However you want to figure it out, however you want to divvy it up, if there's ever a season to do it, it is this one. And, and if you do it, Trent, you don't go back. You don't go back. It's like the, the DH is not going away. Yes. If, if indeed we do get an expanded college, and, and look, look, 
We might not even have football no, votes. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we realize this. Gene we, we Smith do. was very steadfast oh, gosh, in his yeah. comments Kevin yesterday. Kevin Warren echoed him yes. later on. I watched him on the Big You know what? This is when the oh, – no, that's not true. Big Ten Network for games is awesome. Yes, yes. But the Big Ten Network, when stories like this happen, when there's a coach hire, when there's a coach fire, when there's something hit the fan like they were live at Iowa mm-hmm. uh, during the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, not at Iowa, but they're covering the story. Big Ten Network is a really good resource. Um and yesterday was another perfect example of that. By the way, Kevin Warren is the next commissioner of the NFL. You, you got that? No, one? Was, I think he's a slam dunk. Yeah, I think he's a slam dunk. He's uh, he's so bright. He's what so a brilliant. difficult job that he is. Oh, and yeah, how about Delaney? Yeah, his timing. Timing's everything, right? All right, I'll uh, finish my last day at the Rose Bowl, and <laughs> you figure it out from here. Yeah. Enjoy the enjoy January because it's going to hit the fan in February and wait till March yeah. and then go. You think forward. February was bad? Uh, let's get Mike in here so he doesn't have to hold. Mike's been very patient. We'll get him and we'll get back to our conversation. Uh, hello, Mike. What's on your mind? Good morning, guys. Good morning, Mike. I was thinking about what I was thinking about what the Big Ten did yesterday, mm-hmm. and just for argument's sake, let's say all the conferences, the major conferences, follow in and do the same thing. Who would Notre Dame play next year? Yeah, well, they the ACC, ACC that's yeah. a great point, Mike, and that's been, uh, the ACC says that they will fold them in. They're already scheduled to play, I think it's six, it's either five or six ACC schools this year, but they will, you know, and if they do scratch Notre Dame's back, could Notre, would Notre Dame return to favor and say, you know what, we're there for basketball, let's just make this a fait accompli, and we'll give up our independence. But uh, Notre Dame's not going to be left out. They're too big, they're too powerful, and it looks like the ACC, but a very fair question, Mike. Or they could do a home-and-home home with BYU. Yeah, yeah I could do that. And I BYU guess. might be in a more difficult spot of filling they out are. their schedule. Yeah. Anything else, Mike? Nope, that's it. Appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. And a lot of people wondering about that because, as we know, there are Notre Dame fans everywhere. Well, Trent, they're they're too powerful. They yes, they, yeah. they will find a um, you know a home, and I think mm-hmm. it's probably going to be the ACC. Well, there's a reason Clemson was trending on Twitter yesterday. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. You know the ACC schools that aren't forced, they're not don't have Clemson on their schedule this year and catch a huge break <laughs> all of a sudden as you're trying to. If indeed the ACC, and I'm sure they will, I think all of them will. I really do. I know that Oklahoma today, uh, they came out and said they want to start week zero, mm-hmm. you know, with their first non-com. They essentially what their plan was is game by game by game by. So, you know, ex- extend the window uh, mm-hmm. of the season, but but add um, more buys than um, than previously before. Let's talk about Iowa State when it comes to this okay. for a second, then we'll get back uh, to things. We know you and I aren't going to play Iowa. That game is lost, and man, oh man, it's funny. Not that's not funny. It's ironic. I I texted. I don't know who the SID is at Northern Iowa, and I wanted to have David Harris on. Oh, okay, yeah. You know yeah. the the athletic director uh, at you and I. Uh, and so I reached out to Gary Rima, mm-hmm. and no longer, no no sooner had I sent my my text to him, then Nicole Auerbach on Twitter broke the story that the Big Ten's not play, uh, not playing games. I said I said to Gary, Gary, I need some help. I need a phone number. Can you can you help me out here? In the in the in the event that you and I and I would don't play, we'd like to get David Harris on to mm-hmm. to discuss that right as we've been threatening to do for the last couple of days. <laughs> we and we snoozed and we lost. Um, but you and I's in a bad spot. Here's the, there's a lot of folks out there. Well, Iowa State can pick them up. Eh, just play Iowa State. They're going to need an extra game if they if they get to ten. Will conferences be willing to to, uh, to write those checks, or is it more likely because they're in not as deep a water, obviously as um, as FCS schools, 
But would 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 Iowa State write you and I a check to play for them to come and play them to get their tenth game, or do they keep it? Do they find their common opponent to the Big Twelve and play them twice, a home and home? Right. I think that they'd be more likely to keep the money in their own conference, don't you? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think this is the direction that they're out going to go. It. It feels like it's inevitable that everybody's going to go this direction and into something we were talking about at the top. Because there isn't that person at the top, this is where it comes down to. It comes to the conferences and making their decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and why this happened? Why is Iowa going to play a game at Ohio State, at Penn State, hundreds of miles away as opposed to playing you and I and playing Iowa State that are right in their borders? That's a part of it, but also the control. They can control Iowa does not have jurisdiction on Northern Iowa and what they're doing in terms of testing and COVID. The Big Ten, though, they can hand down that mandate. That's a a great point. Every Wednesday, Mm -hmm. you need to do test it every player, Mm -hmm. everybody part of the staff. Everybody needs to be done. The Big Ten can do that. Everybody that's traveling to the game. Everybody that's going to touch this football game. And this is what we need. And we need a screenshot. We need the actual verification, whatever it is, from every player. And then our doctors are going to go to your players, Mm -hmm. and they are going to... Give them a temperature test. They're going to do that right as you arrive at the stadium. They're going to do it again an hour before the game. Whatever it may be, those mandates are handed down and can be handed down by the conferences individually. But Iowa can't do that to Iowa State when they come to Canada. They can't do that to you and I. The why, this is the why this is happening. Mm -hmm. This is why this goes because it's the conferences, not the NCAA, that has the power. 100% 100% right, Trent. That That's a absolute valid point. Um, the, some of the games we're going to lose as college football fans, this oh. is a blow. I mean, there's Ohio a, State, Oregon. Yeah, Trent, there were was, was so many big games. And this is, we just, as of today, just know what's going to happen with the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's going to trickle down. It absolutely is going yes. to trickle down. Michigan and Washington were going to play. That was going to be a, a, a fun game in week mm-hmm. number one, right? Week number two is loaded with games. You mentioned your Ohio State-Oregon game. <sighs> Wear a mask. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, it's too late now. Well, it's not too late now, but it just seems like, man, this could have been... I don't know. We're asking a lot of college kids too, right? It's one thing to the athletes that you're paying millions of dollars to say, we need you in this bubble. Mm -hmm. We need to continue the cash register um, rolling and therefore to be able to to pay your huge salaries. Live in this bubble, finish out a regular season, get our television money, play play our playoffs, dot, dot, dot. How do you ask college kids to do that? Seriously. Well, here's kind of the back and forth, and we've talked about this over the last four months now. Oh, Wisconsin-Notre Dame at Lambeau? Oh, yes, yeah, there, there's a big one, too, is the back and forth that I, I go through, and I know you do at times, too, is you have this side, and you're feeling bad about something. Then you feel better, and you're optimistic, and back and forth, whatever it may be. So we've heard about all these outbreaks. We've heard about LSU and Clemson, and mm-hmm. we've heard about Kansas State, and we've heard about Texas, and we've heard about programs Ohio across State. the country. Ohio State. We've heard on the local level, Iowa and Iowa State, the number of mm-hmm. positives that they have. And there's no kids on campus yet. Right. Have we heard a story, though, of anybody that's been hospitalized out of this group? Can you go that far? Can you? I don't think with college kids you can. I don't think you because can. Because do you think they're just sitting social distancing? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer to that trend. Here's what I know. And we had people try to tell us on Twitter yesterday that hospitalizations, hospitaliz- hospitalizations aren't going up. It's complete BS. They are going up. They're up 50% since the middle of June. Cases are through the roof. 
I get it that the fatality rate. I think that what's what we what we're finding out of this that for whatever reason doctors and hospitals now are able to not prevent deaths but certainly uh, minimize that number. I mean, if you get I don't know the, the ventilators, the remdesivir. Uh, the hydroxychloroquine, some say it works, some say it doesn't. I know if I'm going to put my hand up. If I ever get it and I'm on my last breaths, throw everything you got at me. Right, right. Throw everything you got at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and who wouldn't be in that boat? Mm-hmm. But hospitalizations are not going down. They're going up. I don't know to your point, though. Can If an athlete is stricken and is forced to be hospitalized with this, I don't think we'll, we'll ever know that. I don't think we should. Yeah, and you get into, of course, HIPAA. Uh, yeah, HIPAA, right? And, and making the decision there. Now, I do want an availability goals. report, and yeah. I'm still convinced. And you didn't buy this, and nobody <laughs> bought this store. I don't think I don't think you're going to be able to bet on college football. See, I I, I just find yeah, that I know you outlandish, and and I think we're moving more and more to when we see all of these number of cases coming down. Look, if this is a small, small sp- uh, part of this bigger story, right? But if you if you bet and you think you're getting Iowa State with Brock Purdy and you end up with a freshman quarterback, mm-hmm. or and I'm just using Purdy, we, Purdy's fine. Here's Hunter Decker's coming out right for his oh. first pass in college football. Oh man, I'm I'm playing three and a half. Right. And yeah. I got this guy exactly. So it's just it's the great unknown, Trent. We hope. Look, did you hear what happened in Texas yesterday? As far as it hasn't been made official. Texas is in to play high school football. Mm-hmm. That was floated out there, not by some blogger, by an authority in the state of Texas who thinks that there is a very strong likelihood that the stadiums will remain dark on Friday nights in Texas. And high school football means as much in Texas as it's pretty big. Yeah, and coming full circle, pushing things back, pushing things back, pushing things back. How many times do we hear, well, we'll, we'll find out in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I, we'll find out in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, now, over the last four months, we have had 12 different we'll see in two weeks. Yeah. And here we are. We don't know. There's no vaccine that is lock, stock, and barrel coming. No, you know, I saw read I look at I sound like fear porn. I get it. But you know what? I believe the science. I'm sorry. I do. So, there with was that. The, just the, remember, I told you last week that the government gave a company $1.6 billion for this vaccine. Mm-hmm. This pharmaceutical company apparently has been in business since 1987 to create vaccines. Mm-hmm. They have yet to get one past the federal drug. Wow. What is it? The FDA? The or, FDA, yeah. They've never, get, they've never got a vaccine passed. Oh, jeez. Been in business for over 30 years. So, I'm looking at negative. This is maybe the best company. On the positive, which I'm looking at it. They're due. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. They're due. They're due. But there's no sure thing. No. There's, there's no not. sure thing. And, and think of the viruses that have gone through that people thought, well, there'd be a vaccine by now. And there's never turned out to be a vaccine for some of the things that have happened in Asia. And, and you see the reason that people over there are very quick to mask up during flu season and everything mm-hmm. because they've had things that have stricken them a whole lot more. But ultimately, there hasn't been a vaccine that has come for these different viruses. And because of that, I'll push it to spring. Mm-hmm. You don't know what spring's no, going to be. You don't. And, what, and what does push it to spring mean? Does that mean just starting in the second semester? You can't play football on grass in January in the Midwest. It's going to be tough. You and, can't. It's going to be tough at Jack Trice. Yeah. I mean, Jack Trice and, and as well manicured of a field, yeah. and they are proud of their grass yeah. up in Ames. Well, go, you don't have to go back too far to see when it was a disaster, <laughs> the Drake game from a yes. couple of years ago. But, and I know it was raining, but it was a. Uh, but now you're going to put games mm. in February there? Yeah. You're going to play three games in the month of March? 
And you think that's going to work? Well, come on. A little common sense here. So move it to spring where we don't know that it's going to happen, that, that things are going to be better. We don't have that idea. And I keep coming back to the point. And this isn't putting people's health at risk. It is, back to your point, of the science. The science says that this is something that does not impact these young people. We are talking about athletes that are of the highest order. If there's an underlying condition, that's something that needs to be known. That's something that needs to go out there and go. And we're not going to have college sports without football. No. We're not. No. The financials are right there in Mm -hmm. front of you. $115 million is what Ohio State football brought in last year. $115 million. Now they have 38 for a lot of programs, doesn't it? Varsity programs at Ohio State, and that 115 goes a long way to pay for it. You keep pushing it back. You keep pushing it back. There is no sure thing at the back end of this, and and that's where I still say, let's give it a try. Baseball, we gave it a try here in the state, and had there been disappointing stories and seasons mm-hmm. that ended differently, but this is also the learning process that is happening. And I think when you look to volleyball cross-country, and football coming up this fall in high schools. They're going to realize, you know what? Having to have a whole team shut down for two weeks probably didn't make a whole lot of sense because a coach happened to be stricken with this. Go, test everybody. Yeah, but you're the on the side of caution. You know, they were, just... and, and that's what they did. But that was the learning, and that was one of the reasons they wanted to do this. Again, to the point, have we heard a story of a young man or woman on the softball, baseball field that has been stricken with this? We have not. That has been hospitalized because of this? We have not. And some of the contract tracing that is out there, it doesn't come from these games. Got it from aunt, uncle, mom, Mm -hmm. dad, grandma, grandpa, somebody coming out, these kids all hanging together, and they're still going to hang together. Mm -hmm. To think that all these high school, college athletes are just going to be sitting at home waiting for everything to pass, it's not reality. And that's the reality, at least in my mind. We'll see. It's it's, uh, such a work in progress. Uh, We're finding out things Every day, seemingly. Yesterday was a bad day. The day before that was a bad day for college sports with the Ivy League canceling, then the Big Ten yesterday again. Uh, but Kevin Warren on, te- on a teleconference with a whole bunch of commissioners and uh, didn't let the cat out of the bag to the other commissioners that he's on with it. Uh, you know, the, this afternoon we're going to do away with the college games. There's no czar. There's no czar of college football. It is sorely needed, uh, without a doubt. One more call before we take a break. Then we're going to talk Iowa State. We'll get into uh, Campbell and Purdy's teleconference yesterday with uh, with Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. We owe you a Roshan Corporation Team of the Day. Uh, as we haven't done that this week, we'll do that. Take a look at the 2009 Hawkeye football team. Pete Futak at 11 and then Tom Kakert. Michael joins us. Uh, Michael, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hey, Ken, Trent, uh, I'm not a big Ken Homer, but I do want to give Commissioner Warren some credit. I feel like, if anything, he's made a uh, proactive decision. I agree. I feel like every other decision in this pandemic has been reactive mm-hmm. and wait and see what happens. I guess at the very least, yeah, Northern Illinois is not going to recoup 1.15 or whatever Iowa owed them. Yeah. But they can maybe make some other plans or cancel some expenses, hotels, et cetera, they might have booked. Uh, that they couldn't do last with the last minute cancellation. So. Yeah, I mean, look, it pales in the, in uh, in comparison to the check that they were going to count. But sure, they'll save a little bit of money there. But it's a blow to all those schools. And Michael, I agree with you one hundred percent. Kevin Warren, proact instead of react. That's what you want in leadership. Uh, and Kevin Warren showed that yesterday. Michael, thanks for the call. Appreciate you listening. 
get back to us. I'll take a time out. Ben Visser, Cedar Rapids Gazette, will join us. We'll get inside of the uh, Zoom yesterday with Iowa State. What are they going to do? Are they going to go to 10? Are they going to try and stick with 12? Oklahoma is. They're going to try and start early and put more bye weeks into the schedule. I have to think, real quick here, Trent, <laughs> don't you feel like whatever the ACC, SEC, Pac-12, and Big 12 will, are going to do the SEC says they're going to wait as long as possible. They have, can, can they, if everybody else makes their move? Right. They have a meeting on Monday where they're actually meeting in person in Birmingham. Which The SEC ADs yes, or presidents? The athletic directors are getting together in Birmingham on Monday. This is something that was in the works beforehand. Really? Again, why? I, I, I don't know, but that, oh. that is uh, something I, I believe I saw from Bruce Feldman last night that they're all getting together. This is something that was already in the works. They were all already planning on doing this before the Big Ten's announcement, but what that's going to be, what it's going to look like. A 12-game college football season, though. Yeah, seems unlikely. It's really unlikely. All right, now, Kicks, you know, when iHeart want to help you pay your bills, text the keyword HAPPY. <laughs> Fitting, not really. All right, happy a smile on my face. To 200, 200 right now. Let's put a smile on somebody else's face. One of our listeners. Damn it, we're due. That's HAPPY to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and both. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Going somber on you. It's the last thing we need. <laughs> want something to pump you up? I do. I got one for you at 11 o'clock. Oh, all right. Sean Roberts is hot on your heels. He, he wants your crown as the best bumper uh, in the building. He's coming after you. I'm going to give you a hand. You're all right. I like it. We, we rejoin at 11 o'clock. All right, right now, let's uh, talk some Cyclone, shall we? He's Ben Visser, CedarRapidsGazette.com. He Zoomed with uh, Coach Campbell and with Brock Purdy yesterday, and he joins the program. Hello, Ben Visser. Trent and Ken, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Uh, you were part of it yesterday. Let's, um, you know, before we get into uh, some of the particulars, what was your, I guess, biggest takeaway from both Campbell and Purdy? Which of, which of their answers uh, stuck with you the most? Um, that's a good question. I think the thing that stuck with me the most was probably, um, how well it seems like they're handling their, what they're calling their own bubble within their football team, making sure guys aren't going out and being, going out in public spaces needlessly and all of that. And they're kind of, from what I understand, it almost seems like they're doing what the NBA is trying to do down in Orlando, but they're doing that name. So, um, I think that was my biggest takeaway. They're using the same term, bubble, um, all of that sort of stuff. So that was interesting to hear about how they're going about that. And I mean, it's working for them so far. When they retur- when they had the student-athletes return um, about four weeks ago, they tested all of them. Three tested positive for the coronavirus before um, team activity started, so they quarantined those guys. Those guys are back, and they haven't had a positive test since, so it seems to be working for them. Um, yeah, that was probably the most interesting part about it for me. Going to be a little bit different, though, uh, in August when 20,000, 25,000 uh, other young people are descending onto the campus and trying to keep these guys healthy when we get to that point. Ben, it was just so surreal yesterday. We uh, we talked to Dave Sproul, who was on the call, and 
than just how different some of the answers and reading through the transcript, how different it was from 10 to 11 o'clock when you were talking with uh, Coach Campbell and Brock Purdy yesterday compared to what it turned out to be in the afternoon. Just a very weird, surreal experience and how quickly this virus can change things and and ideas about the way things are going to play out. Yeah, no doubt. During the conference call, and I I wasn't able to listen yesterday with uh, Dave, but um, during the conference call, I came away with the feeling positive. Like, I'm like, okay, we might actually yes. get a football season. This might actually work. Iowa State seems to be doing well with it. And like you said, when students return, that'll throw a whole monkey wrench in it all. But so far, seems to be handling it well. And then the Big Ten um, comes out, and they're like, no conference games. Like, oh, boy, that throws – this will be interesting. And then I think the ACC and Pac-12, they're talking about no conference games. I don't know if they've confirmed that, but they're talking about it for sure. So, yeah, I, it was a complete 180 from, hey, we might get this thing done, to, oh, geez, I hope we can play some games, maybe. So we'll see what happens here. Well, we'll see. I see Oklahoma today is going to try and go early and then add additional bye weeks into it. When do you think Bob Bowlesby uh, is going to, you know, in, in uh, conjunction with the rest of the athletic directors, when is he going to you know, come out with their plan. Um, as you mentioned, the ACC, it was rumored that they're going to come out today. Now that's been walked back. The Pac-12, uh, Larry Scott said that they, uh, I expect to hear from the Pac-12 next, then maybe the ACC. But what about the Big 12? Oklahoma's already putting plans in place uh, since yesterday. They've changed their path forward. Uh, what about the Big 12? That's a great question. Um, I think it was Randy Peterson, the Des Moines Register, he texted Bob Bowlesby. And he asked him if they have a plan that's coming out soon. And he got the simple, simple response of no. So I don't know what the plan is for the Big 12. Um, I would hope that they start getting on the ball here pretty soon, that the Big 10, the ACC, and Pac-12 are waking them up like, hey, we need to make some decisions quickly. Uh, because you got to figure out your schedule. If we're, if we're going to pretend that we're going to play games in a little over a two months, um, August, September, I don't know, months, whatever it is, uh, two months, we got to start figuring out what we're going to be doing for a schedule. So um, I think Bob Bullsby needs to get the athletic directors together pretty soon, like before the end of the week, and figure this out. So, um, yeah, I think the Big, Te- Big 12 is right now lagging behind a little bit. And I know they want to be cautious. They don't want to act. Um, impulsively, but uh, sometimes you got to make tough decisions quickly. Ben Visser joining us from the Cedar Rapids Gazette as we talk Cyclones and Big 12. Ben, uh, jumping off of that point and going a little bit deeper, after the Big Ten's announcement yesterday, there are a lot of people here in the state, Iowa State now down a non-conference game, you and I down a non-conference game, connect to the dots, all right, keep the money in state, and bring you and I in there. Do you see that on the horizon? If the Big 12 makes the decision, we're still going to play non-conference games, and Iowa State looking for one. Could you see that happening with Iowa State and you and I playing this year? Yeah, I think it almost makes too much sense. Um, I would personally love to see that happen. I'm all for in-state games. I think they're great for the state. They're great for fans. But why Uh, would Iowa State write that check? If if the Big 12, everybody said that you still have to play 12 is really kind of the route that you go to. Well, I hope they do. Right, right. Yeah, writing the check is the interesting part because I uh, two years ago when um, the SDSU, South Dakota State, and Iowa State game got yeah. rained out, 
Iowa State still had to pay SDSU $400,000. So let's assume that the general going rate for SDS teams is in that four dollars to $500,000 range. I'm not sure what Iowa was going to pay you and I. I think it was so six hundred. Iowa State cuts that. In, what was it? Six hundred, I think, right in that range. Six hundred thousand. Yep. Let's yep. say Iowa State cuts that in half. You and I doesn't get all the money it wants to, but I mean, Iowa State is already going to pay South Dakota USD. So let's say they cut that in half, pay them three hundred thousand to play the game. Um, you and I get some money. Iowa State, in theory, gets a a win, and it's an in-state game. So I think it helps all parties involved. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. Given the financial restrictions, though, that all these athletic departments are going through, cutting a three hundred thousand dollar check is—I mean—that's substantial these days. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe cut that down even farther to two or one hundred thousand, just so you and I get something and you get a that last game. Right. And I think some people are also going to bring up the point that you can't—you can have two FCS um, teams on your schedule, but you can only count one as a win towards bowl eligibility. And my point to that would be: we don't know if bowls are going to be played really. Everyone's schedule is going to be all messed up, especially in the Big Ten if they're only playing conference games. So I don't know if that six-win threshold is going to even be a thing this year. No, so it's out the window. I think if if you can get the the games in, I think that's the most important part. So I'd love to see that U and I game. Um, if Pollard and David Harris, the U and I AD, can figure out the financial aspect of it, I think that'd be great for the state. It'd be great for you and I. Look at it, and I'm all for it. I I hope that they can help uh, the Panthers out by by making up for the Big Ten decision, which was the right decision in my opinion. I want to make that clear. But um, man, I I just don't know. And the Bulls are in a whole different story. You know what could happen if there are Bulls? And I think it was Mark Moorhouse yesterday, uh, your colleague at the Cedar Rapids Gazette, when we had him on, we were just spitballing. You know, Mark mentioned, well, you know, Mizzou and Iowa could play in uh, in St. Louis. For instance, mm. you know, a, a regional game with regional schools. You know who else could play in St. Louis? Iowa and Iowa State could play in St. Louis. You know, yeah. if we want to see that game. And we'll get it in a regional bowl Get it bowl in a regional game. bowl type game. Yeah. I mean, everything is on the drawing board right now. I know Cyhawk, as it sits here on July the 10th, is not going to happen this year. But there's still a path. Um you know, is is as difficult as it may be to see these two two schools. Then it's never going to happen in a regular year. This isn't a regular year. Let them play in a bowl. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd be all for that. St. Louis or go up to Minneapolis and play uh, where the Vikings play. I think that'd be a cool thing to happen. No, I I I didn't hear Mark say that, but that would be. Um, I think that's a really good idea. Just have regional bowl games between good teams in that area. I think. I mean. Yeah, having Minnesota and I guess Wisconsin, even though they're going to play during the regular season, but just have these cool regional games. Minnesota and Colorado would be interesting. Stuff like that. I'd be all for that. You know, one of the concerns we've talked about is an outbreak, not for, you know, just a couple of guys on the team, but position groups and your yeah. offensive line for the four, five starters are, are out because they've contracted COVID, something like that. Has there been anything in terms of meeting rooms? Because when guys are practicing, after they get done with practice, and they all go into the same meeting room, doing it either virtually, social distance. Did Campbell talk at all about that? And do you know what Iowa State's plan is when they're away from the practice field to keep these guys separated at some level? Right. Um, So he didn't talk about that specifically. He did say that right now they're working out in smaller groups. They're not having all 106 guys come in and they're not all working out. They're working out in 
smaller groups right now. Um, I would imagine that that'll ramp up at some point once you start getting full squads, uh, once you need to actually start practicing football and not just working out. Um, my thing is if you're going to be having practices with full contact, um, you're probably not going to make it any more risky to have a meeting room and watch film together. So I don't think that the plan right now is to have virtual film sessions just because you're still going to have full contact practices. Um, but that is an interesting point. And as far as your question about away from campus, um, it's like sort of what I said earlier, their plan is, Hey, it, you're really only supposed to be around football guys. We don't want you on the weekend to go out and socialize around all these people that you may or may not know and you don't know where they've been or what they've been doing. So they're really trying to emphasize, hey, just try as best you can to stay in this football um, team community or whatever they're going to call it and just get along that way just so we can try to have this season. We don't want you going out needlessly and getting half the team sick. Uh, ben, you uh, cover wrestling very closely as well. Uh, let, let's fast forward. Um, how are they going to pull that off? <laughs> that is a excellent question. It's one I don't have an answer to. Mm. Um, especially, I mean, we're tr- we're trying to figure out football. So wrestling and even basketball is that's in the, I guess, the background of what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. But wrestling will be. Very interesting to see what happens because, I mean, you talk about close quarters and contact the whole time. That's that's wrestling. So I don't know how they're going to manage that or what they're going to do for that, but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Ben Visser, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Ben, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, uh, and we will uh, talk to you in the weeks ahead. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Ben Visser, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Boy, Major League Baseball, they just can't get out of their own way with this test. You see about the, the playing full? Uh, what now? The Dominican players that came back. Yes. Major League Baseball chartered them a plane. Mm-hmm. Great, great idea. Great idea. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's what you're supposed to do, but they dot, didn't dot, dot. test them. <laughs> just, ah, just that little screw up. Ooh, I, they overlooked the testing when they got off the plane or before they got on the plane. Continually baffled, but maybe I shouldn't be. Yeah, just get in the clubhouse. Get off the plane, head straight to the clubhouse. <laughs> well, it's like, honest to God, Trent, it's just like they're trying to sabotage you, the season. You've said that from Monday. You know, a week, Two weeks from today, we'll be talking about the two games that happened last night. Oh, let's hope that's the case. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Let's talk about full something fun. slate a look of games back. today. A look back. Yeah. 2009. Was a hell of a year, Trent. That it was. It was a hell of a year. Love it or leave it. At the very end, that was just, uh, it was amazing. That that quote. Right. We're going to rewind the 2009 Iowa football team coming up on the other side, presented by Roshan Corporation. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Just about 10 minutes before the hour of 11. We're here until noon. 1460, 106.3 FM. Let's talk about the 2009 Iowa football team. A team that went 11-2. 11-2, the final record. Preseason number 22. A little bit of buzz for that team coming into the year. They beat South Carolina the previous season in the Outback Bowl. And uh, with it, 
played really well down the stretch that season mm-hmm. and felt like things were starting to make a turn back. But the big off-season topic I remember that year was the road schedule that they had in front of them. Of course, Iowa State, yeah. Penn State, yeah. Wisconsin, keep going, Michigan State, uh-huh. and Ohio State. No way an Iowa football team can be good with that kind of road schedule that is in front of them. Alas, they were really good and uh, got off and what to... What could have been? Yeah, the injury to Ricky Steensy. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that game. in a moment, but uh, kicking off the year, you and I comes to town. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kicking off. Well said. This one... Nail-biter. Right down to the wire. Let's take a listen. And the radio call here is Gary Dolphin and Ed Podolak. After one field goal had already <laughs> been blocked, the Panthers get a second chance. ...to win the game again. After the block by either Claiborne or Hunter, Iowa fails to jump on the ball. You and I did, and so it's second down, and the, the kick will come from the near hash toward the south goal line again. Here we go. One second remaining. Long count. Here's the snap, the spot. The kick is blocked again. I can't believe Get on the football. Jump on it. Game over. Hawks win. Hawks win. Uh, there it is. Get on the damn football. 17-16, the final as Iowa holds on. And uh, this was the first ever game I went to with my now wife. Oh, was it really? It was. Yeah. Um, she had just got back from Japan. We had just started dating during the summer. And she uh, she sits there and kind of got my head down after the game. We're sitting, people are oh, clearing you, did, out. Oh, so oh, you were, I thought your head was down when he was getting ready to kick. No, 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 no. I watched it. Mm-hmm. I watched both. And she said, what, what's going on? I said, I was going to be terrible this year. <laughs> this, I don't know. I don't think this is going to be a very good UNI team. And they needed to block two field goals to do it. Well, they did. Uh, not exactly a soothsayer when it came to this one. But they get it done 17-16. And this one, you know, the uh, WHO 13 have been doing the gut punches. Boy, for Panther fans, here is another mm, gut yeah, punch. Two chances to beat preseason 22 Iowa. Yeah, no, absolutely. Was that the year they played Wisconsin as well? Do you remember? Northern Iowa had... Iowa and Wisconsin in the same year. I'm pretty sure. Not if there's that year. Right. Or was it Iowa State and Wisconsin in the same I think it was Iowa and Wisconsin in the it same was, year. It was, yeah. And, and I'm trying to think of the year that they played each other. I think it might have been the following was season. Was it? Don't yeah. know. Yep. Anyways, let's move on. I want to make sure we get this in here. They would pound Iowa State. Yeah, not much of a game. Uh, had a highlight, but you know what? Since we're tight on time, we can skip by that one. 31, 35 to three is the final there. Dominating performance. Then Arizona comes in. Decent Arizona mm-hmm. team. Fun game. Really hot that day. That yeah, was I remember one thing that. that I remember. Yep. It was a steamy one. And the arguments on the message boards between the Arizona and the Iowa fans, dry heat versus a humid heat. <laughs> that was the uh, topic just, leading yeah, up to you know, the game. You know, just message boards sometimes. <laughs> yeah. They go to another level. But let's go to my favorite game of the year. One of the main reasons is because I was at this game. Made Part the, of a hundred and how many thousand people were oh, there? 108, 108,000, 109, 316, the wow. announced attendance. It was a whiteout. Iowa had knocked Penn State out of the national championship game the year previous. Revenge, another message boards topic. And this is the time, and, and I come back to this game so often when people talk about revenge in football, and they have revenge on their minds. Revenge? Well, it can only go so far. You still have to go out there and play the game. And Revenge didn't make it very Iowa far. Iowa did. That they did. Opening play of the game, 80-yard touchdown by Penn State. And we're sitting there. It rained all day long. 
in State College. It was, we had a lot of fun, but it was not exactly what you'd say a picturesque fall game out at State College. So you're pouring rain. You know in front of you, the guys that took the RV out there, they had, what, a 16-hour drive in front of them the next day. You think, we sat in the rain all day for this. This is going to be that clubbing. Didn't happen. Iowa comes right back. And the highlight, this is one that will go down in infamy. The play that changed this Iowa football season and certainly maybe the trajectory of Penn State at the time. Down by five. Yeah, it's 10-5, another one of those goofy Iowa-Penn State scoring games. Here's Adrian Claiborne. So the left-footed one, Boone, standing at his own 39, and Cheney is back deep. Now, one thing Cheney's got to do is catch these deep punts and not give up yards like he has in the first half. See what happens. Scooped up. This is going to be a Hawkeye touchdown. This is Claiborne, the big defensive end. Blocks it and takes it in. And the Hawkeyes take the lead. A stunning development here in Happy Valley. You can uh, see my group of uh, buddies and me at the end of that play when they cut to the slow, a small contingent of Iowa fans there. Now I'm so short you can't see me, unfortunately. Everybody else is taller. There are some great pictures from field level of Claiborne stepping into the end zone with that football. That sound, just the thud. Yeah, the double thump. Of him hitting the ball back down. It was incredible. And in the little section of Iowa fans, all of a sudden they're up 11-10 <laughs> in a game where for a long time it didn't feel like they had any business. But from that point on, there's about 12 minutes left of the game, Iowa dominated from there on out. Weger had a touchdown, I believe, late in the game. They win it, but suddenly, after the UNI game, oh, this Iowa football team, maybe they are pretty good. Yeah, the going next week College. happened, and it was a lot tighter than everybody thought. But it was a, I mean, they had Penn State. Then you got Michigan in two weeks, that proverbial sandwich game, mm-hmm. Arkansas State. Arkansas State. Win it 24-21. to 21. Wasn't good. This was one of the Stanzi pick-six games. This happened throughout this season and, and had a bad interception the following week with Michigan in town. And remember the quarterback for the Wolverines? I don't. Tate Forcier. <laughs> really? This was a weird game. Yeah. Driving over that morning, it snowed. We're talking early October, and it snowed. Don't and remember it that. was freezing for an October game. And it was a night game on top of it. Now, oh, long day of drinking some whiskey and beer, and you're all right, and you're feeling pretty warm by the time it got there. This was freezing cold, certainly the coldest October game that I can remember. But up by two in the fourth quarter, Iowa makes another big play when they need it. Go here in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, down at Baton Rouge, only three and a half minutes, and the Gators lead that one 13-3. Stanzi, he's got Moyaki, and Reisner's out in front. This could be a second touchdown. Moyaki scores for the second time here tonight. A 42-yard score, and Reisner, the other tight end, he led the way to the end zone. Brent on back-to-back Big Ten nights. Yes. How about that? Well, I miss that voice on college football. I'm right there with you. So, so good. Iowa holds on 30-28, the victory there. After that, uh, it is Wisconsin. Pretty Mm ho-hum. 20-10 win. Just workmanlike. I think got down early in that game. Came back and really controlled it. As they run the record then at that point. Get me to the end of next week's game. Uh, Michigan State. Seven got six. (laughs) Watch this game in Alabama. I was at the Alabama-Tennessee game for this one and watched it on delay when we got back from the game. This play, absolutely incredible. This game 
as physical of a college football game as I can remember. This one's right up there, but let's go to the final play. Iowa-Michigan State undefeated season on the line. Here we go. Final play of the game. McNutt splits wide left. Moyaki goes out that way with him. DJ Kahn Struss split wide to the right. Morse, the fullback, stays in. Stands, he goes up under center. Raphael Eubanks. Let's see what Michigan State does. Here's the snap. Stancy on a quick slant has touchdown! 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 Marvin McNutt on the catch on the final play of the game. Uh, The Hawkeyes defeat Michigan State. They clear out the side. Just a simple inside slant. McNutt got the inside Uh position, and Iowa wins it 15-13. Undefeated at this point, Mm -hmm. just rolling through. Indiana the week after that as Iowa's up to number four. You remember this game? Halloween. Iowa gets down. 21-7. 21-7. Stansy throws another awful pick. Just a terrible was, interception. As you said, it was the story of the season. Return back to the five-yard line. Indiana is five yards away from making it 28-7 in the middle of the third quarter. But Tyler Sash this time is the one that comes up. And a number 41. You're going to see him lined up as the wing right here. Right here's Deadman. They usually run to him or throw to him on some kind of play action. He's kind of an H-back kind of guy. Just watch him. Coming Willis. in motion right here. Willis is the lone back. Play fake. And batted down from behind. It's loose. Iowa on the move. Tyler Sash. Going to take it back. Trick or treat. Iowa City. <laughs> Mark Jones. Yep. Bob Davey on the call for that one. They were a big part of the 2002 season. On the call here, Iowa comes back down 21-7 and wins it 42-24. If you were getting those 17.5 points with Indiana, as the number was, you were feeling great. You sure were. Till that point. Yep. The wind goes the other way. Super windy day. they covered day, by what? They, they did cover, didn't by they? By a half, yeah. They won it by 18. We're running out of our favored by 17 and a half. Oh, it's such a great season. The Orange Bowl, but there's the disappointing part, too. Mm-hmm. Stanzi goes down as Wooten. Gets him on the naked bootleg coming out of the end zone. They lose that one. They lose the following week to Ohio State with the Big Ten Championship. Ugly went over Minnesota, but a win yeah. nonetheless. 12 nothing regular season, yep. And then the coldest Orange Bowl in history, and we were both there for that it one. It was unbelievably cold. Great season. You take a look at the roster. Take a look at number, the number of guys that went to the league. It's unbelievable. There's double-digit guys that played in the yeah. NFL on that football team. A more football conversation. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Tom Kaker, 1125. Trent and I are here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.